0: Hey Clinical Pearls family, today we're taping on May 29th, 2020. Yesterday, May 28th, the American Board of OBGYN released a new set of articles for the maintenance of certification pathway. Part of that article list included the ACOG Committee Opinion Number 794, which has to do with quantitative blood loss in obstetric hemorrhage. Is quantitative blood loss determination any better than visual assessment? This is a critical topic, and it's really important because remember that obstetric hemorrhage is a major cause of maternal morbidity and even mortality. So let's get to that committee opinion now. Postpartum hemorrhage causes approximately 11% of maternal deaths in the US and is a leading cause of death that occurs on the day of birth. Hemorrhage that requires a blood transfusion is also the leading cause of significant maternal morbidity. Importantly, and this is an important number, 54 to 93% of maternal deaths due to obstetric hemorrhage may be preventable. Studies that have evaluated factors associated with identification and treatment of PPH have found imprecise healthcare provider estimation of actual blood loss to be an actual factor in delayed diagnosis of postpartum hemorrhage. Historically, visual estimation of blood loss during and after childbirth has been the primary method of determining obstetric blood loss. But visual estimation is subjective and it's pretty imprecise. Studies that have compared visual assessment to quantitative measurement have found that visual estimation is more likely to underestimate the actual blood loss when volumes are high and overestimate them when volumes are low. Look, podcast family, this is a no-brainer. Visual estimation has been compared to quantitative methods in both clinical and simulation scenarios. The accuracy of blood loss assessment is improved with quantitative measurement techniques compared to visual assessments. I mean, that sounds pretty intuitive, right? Ah, but as you heard me say before, but wait, there's more because the data here is a little confusing and I don't want anybody to get confused because the question is, look, we can do quantitative blood loss. I get that. But does this actually affect clinical outcome? So here's where it gets a little gray, but we're going to go over this and it's going to make a lot of sense. So here we go. Although quantitative measurement is more accurate than visual assessments, for identifying obstetrical blood loss, the effectiveness of quantitative blood loss measurement on clinical outcomes has not been demonstrated. Again, I said it has not been demonstrated randomized control trials that compared visual and quantitative techniques have been performed in India and several European countries, and they have not found that quantitative measurements reduce the rate of severe postpartum hemorrhage. Actually, a recent Cochrane review of three international trials found no difference between subjective and objective methods of assessing obstetric blood loss when comparing outcomes of serious morbidity, like blood transfusion, plasma expander use, or uterotonic medication. All right, now hold on, hold on, because we're not done yet, because this is where it gets kind of gray. We're talking about the use of quantitative blood loss measurements alone. Again, when you take a look at the data, quantitative versus visual or subjective determinants of blood loss really doesn't make much of a difference. However, the reason that we should incorporate quantitative blood loss assessments in labor and delivery is because when quantitative blood loss assessment is part of an obstetric bundle, which is quick access to IV fluids, quick access to tonic medications, and a quick search for the cause of postpartum hemorrhage. Remember, those are the four T's. And if you don't remember what the four T's of postpartum hemorrhage are, they are tone, trauma-retained tissue, and thrombin or lack of thrombin in a DIC type of picture. But when quantitative blood loss tools are applied or are used as part of a larger postpartum hemorrhage toolkit called a bundle, that's where the difference comes in. So let's take a look at quantitative assessment of obstetric blood loss in larger obstetric hemorrhage bundles. Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Analysis of root causes in maternal mortality reviews have consistently found missed or delayed diagnosis and delay in initiating treatment as recurrent problems in care of women with excessive blood loss at time of delivery. So addressing more accurate and timely diagnosis for treatment to begin in postpartum hemorrhage cases is critical. Obstetric hemorrhage bundles include, quote, measure of cumulative blood loss, end quote, as a component, implementation of these bundles in U.S.-based birth centers has been found to significantly reduce maternal morbidity in participating hospitals. Now, in true disclosure, in the committee opinion, it does recognize that some of these clinical outcomes of these obstetric bundles is also conflicting, with some showing no real improvement, but others showing a marked reduction in morbidity. For example, a study of 29 hospitals within a multi-state regional health system found a significant reduction in the use of blood products of about 26% per 1,000 births when assessed 10 months after implementation of these protocols. Overall, according to the college, implementation of these bundles, specifically the California Maternal Quality Care Collaborative Obstetric Hemorrhage Bundle or similar ones, has been shown to reduce morbidity and improve outcomes related to obstetrical hemorrhage. These outcomes may provide evidence of the effectiveness of quantitative blood loss measurements when it is included as a component of an obstetric hemorrhage bundle. So that's a clinical pearl. If somebody asks you, why are we doing these things? Why do we have to quantify blood loss? The answer is, although quantification of blood loss by itself may not change the outcome, when it's part of a larger obstetric care bundle, it does seem, although well given that the data can be somewhat conflicting, it does seem that overall maternal morbidity and obviously what we're trying to prevent is mortality is improved by use of these packages. As for the specifics on quantification of blood loss, begin quantification of blood loss immediately after the infant's birth and assess and record the amount of fluid collected in a calibrated underbuttock drape. Keep in mind that most of the fluid collected before delivery of the placenta is amniotic fluid, urine, or feces. If irrigation is used, for example, at C-section, subtract the amount of irrigation from the total fluid that was collected. Next, record the total volume of fluid collected in the underbuttock drape. Subtract the pre-placental fluid volume from the post-placental fluid volume to more accurately determine the actual blood loss. Then, weigh all blood-soaked materials and clots to determine the cumulative volume, noting that 1 gram of weight is equal to 1 milliliter of blood loss volume. When determining the amount of blood loss by weight of a blood-soaked item like a gauze, then remember that the calculation or the equation is the wet item gram weight minus the dry item gram weight, and that is the milliliters of blood within the item. In other words, what did it weigh when it was dry has to be taken into account compared to the wet item to get the milliliters of blood within it. And that's the most accurate way. But I've seen both ways, both this calculation with the equation and a simple one gram weight to one milliliter of blood loss conversion. Here is the quick personal perspective. Remember, if the visual assessment is around 200 mLs, I mean, the patient just didn't bleed a significant amount at delivery, then the quantitative value in those cases is really very small. The problem is, is that any patient who is giving birth runs the potential risk of just opening up her venous sinuses and having postpartum hemorrhage in a moment. That's why being prepared and doing quantitative assessment on every patient is the way to go. Because as I trained, there is no, quote, low risk, end quote, obstetrical patient because things can go south in a minute. Podcast family, as we start to wrap this up, listen to this statement from the committee opinion's conclusion because it's just so eye-opening and it really brings things into proper perspective. Remember, I just said that there's really no, quote, low-risk OB patient because things can go south in a minute, right? Well, listen to this statement. Given that approximately 40% of postpartum hemorrhage occurs in low-risk women, every woman giving birth is at risk for obstetric hemorrhage. Because hemorrhage is a major contributing factor to maternal morbidity and mortality, we've got to do everything possible to early identify, early treat, and get ahead of this potential life-threatening complication. All right. That brings us to a wrap. We have covered committee opinion number 794 from the ACOG, also in line with the maintenance and certification article list. Thanks for being part of our podcast family, and we'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls.